Welcome to The Foundry, where leaders are forged daily. Each week, we investigate themes of leadership, entrepreneurship, and mindset with some of the greatest minds in real estate. And now, the data scientist of real estate, George Roberts. Welcome back, Foundry family. I want to thank you for your viewership and listenership. You have helped this podcast become what it is today. Without you, there is no podcast. This is the second of two highlight episodes consisting of the best moments of the first 127 episodes. We will resume our regularly scheduled programming on Monday. Enjoy. Catch you on the flip side. It does frighten me a little bit when people say just jump in right? Yeah. I think it's fair to say, just jump in. If it's an internal deal that you're doing yourself, you're buying a duplex or triplex. I mm -hmm. assume that's more or less in the realm of an individual who's just getting started. Right. Heck yeah. Jump in because you're only yeah. going to learn by doing it. When it comes to teammates and working with other people, like I said, it can only get stickier. If, when you're working on your own, you're only going to learn by getting hands-on. I've only learned the things I've learned. I, I was I withdrew the list of required reading from Marquette University where I graduated for everyone who was pursuing a degree in real estate. I took that list, took all the books that I thought were relevant, and I rented, bought, or got the PDFs of them and started reading them. This is years ago, but I just was learning as much as possible. And you know what? The first deal, they ever, the first piece of real estate I ever touched, I learned about five times as much by doing that. So yes, just jump in, just get the deal done. But when it comes to teammates, Take your time. Uh, we just brought those ideas to the show. We did it for an hour. We found that at the end of the hour, people still wanted more. And uh, somebody said, oh, hey, uh, I got." and because it's a LinkedIn Live, you can um, both ask questions along the sidebar. You can interact with the, with the hosts. And people were asking us questions about real estate. And as we were very used to, and we had these answers because we answer these questions all the time. But... Uh, at the end, someone said, excuse me, uh, Zach and Dan, how much is your course? And I, of course, started going, oh, we don't have a, and Dan goes, Just shut up. Uh, <laughs> uh, how much would you pay for this course? And I was like, oh no, what is he doing? Uh, so they said, well, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm paying right now a, a few hundred dollars uh, a month for access to XYZ program or uh, we pay at uh, JLL or CBRE or EXP or Keller Williams commercial, or here's what we pay. And people were entering in the sidebar. Yeah, yeah, we do that too. And, and it's not that great, but you guys are interesting. And you're talking about things that we want to learn. And by the way, I, I think I can use these things. And I was thinking, oh, there's some value being created there. And so we got, as we uh, brought an end to the show, Dan called me immediately and says, Zach, we got to do this. There is a need. Right. People are telling us, that you know what they would pay for it so now we're right. starting and he said you need to put a button up on the internet we just need to yeah. think of a name for a course put a button on the internet and start collecting money um so i think uh i think that as interest rates continue to increase there will be an effect right. on you know the trading price because obviously you can't finance as much uh when interest rates are rising or or high um, now we're still at historically low interest rates, even today, right? We just right. came out of zero. So, you know, it really depends how quickly the Fed acts. If we're raising double digit, you know, or I'm sorry, um, 50 basis point 
you know, every two to three months or something. And at the end of the year, we're over 2%, you know, right. we're probably going to see a pretty quick reaction to pricing. Um, you know, is it going to be massive downward? I don't think so because there's just so much capital out there uh, competing for investments um, that there may be other ways that these properties get financed, you know, less debt, more equity, um, you know, that sort of thing, which, which may be a good thing in reality. You have to know your market. So for us, it was like, okay, Los Angeles, higher price point to entry. We had a fixed amount of capital. We thought maybe we couldn't stretch it as much here in LA. So we were naturally seeking out different markets, um, doing a lot of research and studying. So when we're going and evaluating a market, we're looking at population trends, growth, rent growth, just overall expansion of the city, um, jobs, like what's what industries are moving in there. Um, tenant laws, landlord laws, vacancy rates. So we're going out and doing so much research when we're trying to establish ourselves in a market. We're calling brokers, talking to them about what they see going on, property managers. Um, Because you do, when you're investing out of state, you have to build a whole team over there. And so for us, it was really just having a lot of conversations and doing a lot of research ourselves. And I mean, so we have single family homes over in Atlanta. Like we've never been to Atlanta. And I could tell you all the sub markets in Atlanta, I could tell you what employers are moving over there, vacancy rates, like rent growth. Like I, we've done so much research on even just like Zillow, LoopNet, um, walking the streets on Google. Um, so doing a lot of research um, gives you the confidence to invest in a market that you've never been to. And I, I mean, it's 2021, like the technology exists to be able to do that. I want to own the asset that for the next 20 years, is going to continue to attract quality tenants. I don't want to fight some uphill battle for 5, 10, 15 years trying to keep cash flow positive on a crummy property that we have to lure people to. I want the prettiest property that everyone who's considering renting is going to consider. I want everyone to be saying, hey, this place has great amenities. The dog loves it. The kids love it. We're paying a little premium for some of the quality of life things we want here, but the location's great. I get to my work within 20 minutes. And I could stay here for quite a while while we figure out how we do buy that house, while we wait for rates to stabilize, while we wait for the economy to do better. And let's say people are, worst case situation, losing jobs, right? You want the property that people who are backing out of homes default back to. You want the property that people who are doing okay jump up into, right? You want to look desirable to everyone, regardless of what uh, the the general economics of your municipality that you're buying into are, are doing. So that's, that's the type of property we want to stay focused on for the next couple. And something that I love about commercial real estate is that you can never get too comfortable. You should always be pushing your own boundaries. You should always be learning about new things, exploring new concepts or ideas. One of those was franchising. I didn't know anything about franchising before I got into the QSR. So quick service restaurant, it's a, I would say it's a sort of an elite term maybe for uh, fast food because it, it encompasses almost everything. Um, some people think of McDonald's and I, I've been guilty of saying this. A lot of people do say, oh, I, I don't remember the last time I ate McDonald's or I don't like McDonald's, but then they have the equal number of calories in a Chipotle or something. So fast food restaurants like to differentiate themselves based on uh, many factors, relatability, right? So everybody's been in a in a in an airport and said, oh, "I only have a few minutes. I could 
I could go with the salad, which I should go with, but also I really like Big Macs. Uh, so we all have that uh, the identification with uh, QSR, fast food restaurants. And these QSRs are trying to get onto high uh, volume uh, per day or vehicle per day corners. Um, that a main and main would be sort of a uh, if you think of a small town, it would be where all of the streets intersect in the in the center. But it is nice to see when people call you out of the blue or you know somebody signs up on your website that you've never heard of. You know those are reinforcing, um, you know that this this effort works, right? Yeah, and it took it. me a long time to understand that marketing was an important part. I'm very introverted. I like to be in spreadsheets and look at, you know, cash flow models and look at returns. Um, you know, I always thought that, uh, you know, if the, if the dollars were there and the returns were on the paper, people would just flock. Uh, and that's really not the case because they don't know about you unless you're out there talking about what you do, um, you know, and, and really gaining, that rapport with people. So they know who you are, know what you do, and they get invested in, in what you, uh, your, your view is and your vision. Um, you know, you're not really making progress. And so these things are important. Meetings are important. Podcasts are important. Marketing is important, um, which is not something that I valued uh, just, you know, as, as recent as two, three, four years ago. Um, so this, this was a, a major learning uh, on my part is to get out there and, and be confident and, and um, speak to your value and, and truth to other people. And you're not going to be everything to everyone. You're not going to resonate with everyone, but there are people like you and, and those people like to hear what you have to say. Right. And I, and I love seeing was taking responsibility about everything that happens to me in my life, right? Whether it's my relationships, whether it's our business, whether it's, uh, you know, me driving down the street and getting hit by a car, it's, it's taking responsibility about absolutely everything and knowing that there's something that I could have done uh, to change that situation or to, you know, make it better. Uh, because, and the reason that that's really important for me, George, is because when you don't give up the power of what happens to you, to others, then you are the only one responsible, right, for your life. And that means that if it's amazing, it's up to you and it's thanks to you. If it's not amazing, it's up to you. So that means that you always have control and can always change something in your life to make it better. Um, so I would say that's the biggest thing, taking responsibility about absolutely everything and not blaming others uh, or being a victim to, to the world.